You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Embody, just days away from SMU starting up fall camp and wanted to kind of preview it for you and give you my thoughts. And on Friday, you can expect a fall camp preview podcast question and answer edition of the podcast where uh, Pony Stampede subscribers have submitted their questions and we are going to answer those separately. But for now, I wanted to kind of hit on my main storylines. And if you haven't been following PonyStampede.com and a lot of the storylines we've been talking about, uh, this is kind of where I'll I'll share what I'm watching mostly uh, as uh, SMU enters fall camp. And let's start off with number one, the quarterback competition. And you know, we spoke with Garrett Riley for a story about the quarterback competition, kind of his thoughts on it. Uh, Sonny Dykes addressed it uh, in uh, his AAC Media Day session, which quite honestly wasn't any different than what he had said in the spring, which is that the quarterback competition is going to settle itself nat- naturally. Um, the way they run fall camp is uh, that you know the guys are going to work with different receivers and different groupings, and um, then they'll kind of you know, work from there and let the competition settle itself naturally. And what you have is Derek Green, Preston Stone, Tanner Mordecai, all battling for the quarterback uh, job uh, to take over for Shane Bouchelle, uh, who's starting training camp with the Kansas City Chiefs right now. And I think as I look at this battle, handicapping it for you guys right off the jump, I, I do think Tanner Mordecai is still probably in the best spot to to start. But um, the the reason for that is one he is technically the veteran of the group uh he has played the most out of the guys uh he comes from a program in Oklahoma that has produced you know plenty of really good quarterbacks that he sat behind learned from uh he wasn't behind in learning the scheme you know because he did uh run a similar system uh that SMU uh, or close to what SMU runs um playing for Lincoln Riley Garrett Riley's uh brother and then you add in the fact that I think he was a little bit more athletic than the coaches realized coming in. Uh, he, if you were out there for spring practices, you know, took the ball on some zone reads and, and broke off some big runs. And then he just has a naturally strong arm. So if his decision making is there and his consistency and accuracy is there, then I think that pushes him over the top for the starting job. And I mean, you could say that for anybody, anybody as they try to pick a quarterback for this job. When you look at Preston Stone, I thought he showed uh, incredible maturity in, in, in the spring and not only just you know, being ready for the moment, but decision making with the football. That was something that I thought he was excellent at, whether it was seven on seven or team, you know, he didn't take too many unnecessary risks. And that was kind of a part of his game in high school, I would say. I mean, he, was, he uh, had a bit of that, you know, um, adventurous mindset when extending plays and trying to make plays and sometimes it came back to you know bite him in in certain times and uh, even when I when I saw him play against Nolan Catholic that was something that you know in the second half kind of bit him Um, but he he really showed a maturity in terms of decision making showed a really strong arm Uh, I think that they were even a little bit surprised by that and then you have Derek Green who's the former walk-on son of former NFL quarterback Trent Green who really improved 
uh, from start to finish over the course of the spring, probably the most out of all three of them. And one thing Sonny Dykes noted uh, in his AAC Media Day appearance is that, you know, there's usually a quarterback in a competition that takes a big jump over the course of the summer and into, into fall camp, and he's interested to see who that is. But Derek Green already did that in the spring. Uh, can he do it again and, and keep his name in this starting quarterback competition? You know, I think he can. Uh, he's worked really hard at it. Uh, his body is ready to go. He can extend plays. That was something that Garrett Riley noted with us. And I do think he's, uh, you know, got the um, uh, got the chance to to be right in the mix. And I don't know how Sonny Dykes and his staff are going to handle this as far as naming a starter, not naming a starter for ACU. Are they going to allow those guys to play um, in that game and, and kind of continue the competition? Are they going to, um, you know, name a starter and, and try to roll with that and see how they perform over the course of uh, the the uh, the game? And if they don't, you know, if, if they're not, if they don't stay hot, you know, do they go with someone else? How do they approach that? Um, those are all things that I don't know the answers to. But, you know, one thing we're going to find out uh, pretty quickly is just how uh, this competition progresses because it is going to be... Um, it's going to be one that uh, is going to have the attention of everybody for quite some time in fall camp. So there's a lot to learn about the quarterback competition, but uh, we'll certainly find that out as things go along here um, you know, in fall camp. And then the next one that I'm watching is the offensive line. That group is uh, as competitive as any on, on this team right now. I mean, you look at the potential really to, to have new starters at probably every spot on the offensive line. And I'm not saying that you know they're going to be guys that haven't started before, but you look at Justin Osborne kicking out to the right tackle spot. That seems like he's going to you know, man that spot. Marcus Bryan is at left tackle, and Jalen Thomas has moved inside to guard. And then you've got Hayden Howerton, Alana Lee. Where does Branson Hickman fa- factor in? That group's going to be one that uh, A.J. Ricker's got some tough decisions to make because it is quite competitive. And then they add in Thalen Robinson, who arrives as a transfer from Missouri and he wasn't here in the spring and he's got some size and some athleticism to him uh, that can factor in right away and played early as a true freshman at Missouri so that group is going to be interesting the wide receivers seem fairly settled as far as who your starters are the running back room I think with Ulysses Bentley uh, Trey Siggers and TJ McDaniel and Tyler Levine those are probably your four if TJ McDaniel is healthy and ready to rock um, which would be great to see if he is. And then from there, uh, the tight end position, you know, Simon, um, uh, Grant Calcaterra has been, you know, raved about. He, he made some all AAC preseason teams. And then Simon Gonzalez and Nolan Matthews, Ben, ben Redding, Tyler, Ma- uh, Tommy McIntyre, that whole crew uh, will vie for snaps, but it seems like that'll be Grant Calcaterra's spot. And then you flip over the defensive side of the ball. And honestly, outside of corner, this is a this is a group that, with Jim Levitt taking over this 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 unit, uh, they've got a lot of moving parts. And where do guys fit best? You know, how do you get Delano Robinson uh, in the best position for him? Is it middle linebacker? Is it you know playing a little bit more of the field? Is it coming off the edge even? Uh, then is Richard Moore healthy? Shane Haley's been uh, you know one that's gotten a lot of rave reviews. Trevor Denbo's back at linebacker. Kiki Burns moved over from offense to defense in the spring and got rave reviews. How's the linebacker room look defensively on on the you know line? Mike Williams, 
you know, where does he factor in? Terrence Newman, Elijah Chapman, Devere Levelston, Junior Ajo, Will Jones, Harrison Loveless, all those guys just have to battle their tails off to to fit in the right spot. You know, corner, you've got Brandon Crosley, Armani Johnson. Uh, you have Jahari Rogers coming into the room. And you had Brian Massey, who played a little bit uh, as a freshman. Uh, how, did the, how does that room perform? Uh, and, and are there guys that maybe move to safety to try to answer some of the questions there? Chevin Calloway seems like a starter for the most part. So that defensive side is going to be interesting. If you get a chance to go out to watch practices, they're, they're pretty much all in the morning at 8 a.m. Uh, out on the practice field. And they could be in forward. They could be in the indoor as well. But for the most part, all out on the practice field. How, how do they fit all these pieces together? Which, which true freshmen are going to emerge? Roderick Daniels has gotten rave reviews as a slot option. Isaiah and Will Kabia uh, came in physically ready to go at safety. Do they play him in the box a little bit more? Jaden Jones, Jalen Samuels, uh, who fits in uh, on the defensive line from some of these early um, or these uh, true freshmen coming in? And then, I mean, can Dylan Goffney and Bryce McMorris continue their run as early enrollees in terms of pushing for early playing time? You know, Dylan Goffney had probably as big of a spring uh, as anyone as far as breakout guys, and Bryce McMorris, the same thing on the defensive side. So this camp has a lot of competition. It's the most competition I've seen for an SMU team since I've been covering it, uh, and then that's not to count out. You know, the kicker competition and who's punting um, because Blake Mazza, you got to think the Washington State transfer is going to earn that starting nod as the as the field goal and extra point guy. But Brendan Hall has gotten a lot of impressive reviews from what I've seen uh, and heard uh, over the course of the summer. So there's a lot of questions. We're going to be out there covering it. Friday is the first practice for SMU, 8.15 a.m., uh, we have media availability. We have, uh, you know, open access. We can't really report on injuries and things like that uh, if they happen. But, you know, we can um, try our best for you guys so that you're not out of the loop on Pony Stampede. So be sure to keep it locked on Pony Stampede for all the latest on fall camp for the Mustangs uh, because it's it's just going to be exciting. And, um, you know, as I sit here and, and look at this camp, you know, the biggest thing that they've got to do is get physical up front, uh, both sides of the ball. You know, I thought they made some strides uh, in the back half of the year on the defensive line uh, during 2020, but they really weren't consistent. And, and we saw that with the ECU game, especially, uh, and just getting gashed uh, in that one. And then on the offensive line, they, they've got to get better in third down situations, third and short, setting themselves up for high percentage uh you know, opportunities to convert first downs. Uh, the red zone was good. They were one of the best red zone teams in terms of converting. They've got to convert more touchdown, uh, more t uh, field goals into touchdowns uh, from last year is probably one of my bigger takeaways. And of course, you know, that will come as uh, the quarterback competition gets settled and, and how that all looks um, when it comes to, uh, you know, figuring out who the starter is going to be. But, you know, I think that the work that Kaz Kazadi was able to do with this team is what could have, you know, happened if not for COVID last year. Um, that was something that I've really been watching a little bit closer than I did last summer because last summer, honestly, they were outside working out with like, you know, random you know, plates and doing, you know, core work and sprints. And it, I mean, guys, it was, 
you know, the, what they were able to do last year just to kind of stay in shape was fine. It was, it was nothing in terms of developing, quite honestly, and that's not a shot at the staff. It's just how it, how it had to happen to get them ready to play and keep the team available, um, which they did a really good job of until late in the year um, when they got, you know, kind of an unfortunate deal with, with uh, one of the assistants, you know, getting contact traced to a whole unit, and that canceled the game, and then it all fell apart from there. So, you know, this team, they actually got the full summer in the weight room, full spring. It's it it's going to look differently. You know, if you get to go out there and see how these guys look, I do know that a lot of them are going to look bigger. I mean, just go look at Danny Gray. Um, this team is in really good shape. They're ready to go. I know that's kind of cliche. Everybody says that in a normal year that, you know, is the best offseason, you know, teams have had. But, you know, th- this guy, th- this group of guys seem ready to go. Once again, they have a, you know, kind of a bad taste in their mouth the way the season ended they get a chance now to uh to bounce back right away and get to work and um, I think they're going to be ready to go and they're going to take advantage of it with a strong fall camp they get to kind of lean into the season a little bit with Abilene Christian coming to town before they get into North Texas Louisiana Tech TCU and then into the conference schedule so it's going to be fun and exciting be sure to track it all on ponystampede.com with a subscription You, you can subscribe for just a buck for that first month. So try us out. We'll be out there pretty much every day that we can be covering practice for you guys. So be sure to lock in on ponystampede.com. And thanks for listening to this edition of the podcast. Check back on Friday for that Q&A edition of the podcast uh, that we'll have out as well. So some of the burning questions of fall camp being answered uh, as SMU takes the field Friday for fall camp under Sunny Dykes and co. Once again, Uh, be sure to follow it on Pony Stampede, guys. Hope you guys have a great rest of the week, and we'll catch you next time. The time has come for drag queens to save the world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount+. And for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. (laughs) Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.